How are y'all doing today? This is Soul Sister Therapy Childhood Trauma Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Plump Queen, and we have Peace. Queen Misha. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all gotta introduce yourselves. I'm Misha, Queen Misha, Queen Misha. Nice to meet y'all. Nice to see y'all. Come thanks for coming. Hey y'all. Hey, hey, hey. All right. All right. This is going to be another touchy one. You know, we are talking about childhood traumas. Uh, so now we would like to talk about how our childhood traumas as translated into parenting. So I'm not a parent, so I'm going to let the parents of the show, you know, what I'm saying kick this off. Uh, but we want to talk about exactly how the way you've been, how you've been raised and the things that you went through and how that passes on, you know, what I'm saying down the generations. So we miss Miss Quita, I mean Miss Misha. So we're gonna we're gonna put you on the spot, and let you go first, girl. All right, peace. Okay. Um, well, for me specifically, um, I know that my mom experienced a lot of traumas herself growing up, and um, some of these traumas I just uh, learned of within the last few months. Um, and so you know, she had her own abandonment issues, and. Um, you know, um, rejection and not feeling loved and um, just this number of traumas that she went through. And because of that, you know, it led to her being a young mom. Um, I had two siblings right underneath me by the time I was three. So I grew up um, really in mother mode, always by my mom's side, helping with whatever I could. Um, I watched her traumas like affect my life in a way of, um, you know, her still being young and wanting to have her own personal life. And so uh, me having to pick that slack up a lot of times and be the responsible and uh, whoop, camera. 
and independent, you know, young lady at a very young age, um, as well as, you know, not feeling like I could speak up for myself because I didn't want to upset her or disappoint her or let her down, you know. Um, so I really early became a yes girl, a yes lady, uh, for the sole purpose of, you know, not being the stress of my mom. Uh, and so, you know, that transitioned into my adult life where I had a hard time speaking up for myself and saying what I wanted, you know, having the tendency of saying what other people wanted, as well as, um, you know, putting other people before myself and my wants and needs and making sure that everybody else was happy before I was happy. And so these were some of the ways that her traumas was inflicted on me was um, the lack of that nurturing and hands-on mothering uh, just because she was in her masculine um, from having to be a single mom and then work all the time herself. So um, I didn't really see her wearing a lot of makeup or, you know, shopping and doing like she cooked, she made sure we ate, but it wasn't like, you know, full course meals every day or nothing. It was like, you know, fast meals like spaghetti and stuff that you could you cook when you have a lot of children in no time. So um that transition too where you know I didn't really cook a lot. Or um I'm just now getting back into cooking. I've I've become a perfectionist at saute and kill. And so uh just picking up these things like cooking and stuff daily that you know I, I wasn't really raised with and actually cooking healthy meals because you know we always ate the fast meals and when I'm sure she ate fast meals so um but really like my mom has a uh, I've experienced she has like a detachment I don't know if it's out of fear of losing us or you know that not being close um or that feeling that no one loves her and so she just you know carried that feeling on to her children um but I know that myself, I made sure to be really open with my daughter really early. And just over the last like two years or something, she's really mature, really intelligent herself. And so, you know, um, being open and honest with her, letting her know, hey, mommy loves you and mommy's trying her darnest. And at the same time, mommy is still really young and, you know, I'm, I'm figuring it out. So know that nothing that I do is ever meant to hurt you. And if you do, if you do feel pain, if you do feel hurt from my actions, please, you know, sorry, the wind is crazy, you guys. But please make sure, you know, to be open with me and let me know and let me know sooner rather than later so that I can help you. You know, I always I ask her often. <laughs> okay. I ask her often, you know, um, do you feel like you have any PTSD or any traumas? Is there anything that has happened so far in your life? that you just you think about it on the often or that you feel like it's affecting you because this single event happened and you know actually she did i had a um, a marriage really young so um it was kind of a marriage based out of survival um from being kicked out at an early age rather than true love and so um my ex-husband was kind of an asshole and my daughter had a dog and he sold the dog and she had got attached to it and like she cried and uh he had like no emotions no sympathy at all towards her and you know so that instantly instilled a little bit of a uh, a coldness when it comes or emotional detachment from things in, in her because of the fear of losing it and so you know these are things that i try to talk to her about like i'm sorry that i allowed the relationship i, I was in with somebody who wasn't actually like the most gentlest father or role model that he could be 
to, you know, allow cause something like that to happen and not explain it to you, not give you that closure, you know. Um, and so that's really what I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, we take the lessons from our parents with the understanding that they were still humans before us. And um, at the same time, we're hands-on and not afraid to have hard conversations with our children about our own mistakes, you know, because we're human and no parent is perfect. I don't care if you, I don't care how planned the child is. I don't care, you know, what the race is. I don't, no child, no parent is a perfect parent, especially their first child. And, you know, my daughter is my only child. So I'm still like, it's not like I have a second child to be like, okay, now I know how to, you know, get the diaper bag ready to fastest and, you know, how to prepare myself, you know, uh, my daughter is my only child. So it's just a whole bunch of firsts in our relationship. And that's like, it's been beautiful and humbling. And um, it's been a, a blessing to have her being able to like be that accountability for me in the back of my head, you know, um, because I know how I felt as a child. And I remember how I felt whenever I'm parenting or whenever I feel like I've made the wrong choice, I go back to how I felt when my mom made her choices and how they affected me, you know, and um, I adjust accordingly. And so, yeah, that's really <laughs> my gist of it is, you know, uh, be understanding of your parents and who they were. Uh, take the lessons for it. That's really the only reason I ever go back to the past is to look for the lesson. And uh, at the same time, don't be afraid to, there's no, don't have that stigmatism in your household where your children aren't comfortable talking to you and you aren't com comfortable talking to them. You know, because I feel like when you have a child, it's, it's a constant student teacher or, you know, student guide cycle where there's times where they're learning from you, but then there's also times where you're learning from them, you know? So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Quita, you up next. I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I took some notes, okay? <laughs> no, but so I guess I kind of just want to start off from how I was raised and, you know, the things that I've gone through and pretty much what I'm doing with my children to kind of offset that, um, I have three kids. I have two boys and one girl. Um, growing up, I was the oldest of three. Um, and then, of course, my mom got with my stepdad. And, of course, it was like a blend in the family. He had kids as well. So that's kind of another dynamic as well to um, how, you know, uh, childhood traumas or things like that could uh, can affect um you know, kids and how you grow up and what you see. Um, so what you see and the environment you're in are, and things like that. So um, one of the things that I kind of want to touch on, like, you know, everybody, um, if you watch the past episodes, you know my pretty much my story, so I don't want to get into it too deep, but I did go through a lot of different changes and a lot of things, not just me, but my uh, sister and my brother as well. Um, my stepdad was very abusive to my mother and to us. Um, drugs, just different types of things going on in the home. And all of that really kind of um, kind of isolated. I feel like my mom was being very like controlled. So it kind of really, I feel like she was just so caught up in the connection and the relationship and wanting to have that there that I feel like she neglected us. Of course, at the time, you know, being a child, you don't understand that. You just like, okay, you want your mom, 
you need that communication, you need that, you know, you need that nurturing, right? And then, you know, when you feel like you are put on the back burner for a relationship, it just makes you feel kind of, you know, unwanted. It makes you feel left out in the cold, abandoned, rejected from the parent that is supposed to love you. And then constantly over and over again, she chose him over us. So it was a lot of abandonment and not only from my mother's side, but from my father's side as well, because in the midst of me going through all of this, my father knew this and he didn't step in to kind of relieve me from what I was going through um, when I felt like he could. Of course, I was like, you know, I felt like I wanted my dad to be my superhero in this, in this situation. So having that abandonment from both parents, you know, kind of really made me a loner. And then again, like I said, I was the oldest of three. So a lot of responsibility was put on me at a very young age. You know, I'm having to, you know, look after my younger siblings and even younger cousins and things like that, um, making sure they get to school and things like that. Just a lot of responsibility was put on me. So, you know, I was like, I just consider myself an old soul. And then I was partially, you know, partially raised by my granny. And so just a lot of like things that I had to endure as a child. Um, and it took away from me being a child. You see what I'm saying? Because I had to jump into this this role of being, of course, big sister or just being an adult. And it took away from my childhood. And then, of course, just seeing and being in the in the environment that I was in, it just really took away from that. And the bad definitely outweighed the good. So, you know, as a dog, you know, when I became an adult and I have kids on my own, I knew that I did not want to repeat the cycle. I didn't want my kids to experience and have experiences that I had as a child growing up. I wanted them to feel loved. I wanted them to feel heard. I did not want my kids to feel rejected or abandoned or neglected like I did as a child. So, you know, I implemented certain things to where, you know, I communicate with my children. If they feel some type of way, I let them voice their opinion. I let them speak. I want them to feel heard. I don't want them to feel like nobody cares, you know. And then a lot of us have to understand because, like, I understand because when I was, you know, younger, not only was I dealing with stuff at home, I was getting bullied at school, getting talked about, um, didn't have friends. Again, I was alone. I was to myself. Um and so I, you know, outside of what we go through at home, you don't understand, like some people don't understand that. And then kids go to school and a lot of kids act out because they want that attention. They crave that attention. So they act out at school. You always get phone calls that your child is fighting or this or that or this. And you're like, why? And sometimes you got to look in the mirror and you got to realize, you got to figure out like maybe, you know, is it something that I'm not doing as a parent? You know, are they trying to get my attention? And a lot of parents don't understand that kids do act out in those ways because they feel neglected. And then a lot of other times kids can go to drugs or things like that and get influenced by the wrong crowd and get into certain things that are not good for them. Again, it's a cry for help. Um, I'm glad, you know, as a child, I never turned to any of those things. Um, I kind of just internalized a lot of stuff and my spirituality and just, you know, me going to church and then thank God for my grandma. She was a savior. She really, you know, helped me through a lot of that. Um, and then just other family um, that understood the situation really kind of put a little ray of sunshine in like something that was just so like messed up for me as a child. Um, so it's good to have people that you love around you as well. But another thing that I wanted to talk about um, 
with the behavior and stuff and cry for help um, is mental health as well. Like the other day, my son came, he texted me, he said, mom, I just don't feel like going to school today. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mom was like, uh-uh, he's getting up out this house. you about to go to school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then I had to kind of, like, step back and because, you know, he explained, like, it was just too much and he just wasn't feeling it. And he never has ever asked me for this. So I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, how I was. I put myself in his position and how I felt when I constantly had to just go to school all the time. Experiencing going through the stuff that I was going through in my household and still have to get up every day and go to school and just make it work. Even though I might have just witnessed the night before my stepdad knocking my mama in the corner somewhere or whatever the case may be, I still got to get up and go to school the next day. And you you mentally have to kind of like process all of that. And you in school, how can you focus? How can you, you know what I'm saying? You can't so even you in survival mode. It does. And it's like, you're breaking down internally. Like I said, I didn't talk to people. I didn't have friends like that. Like it was just all internalized. So like, even though my son, of course, he's not experiencing anything crazy at home, but still, you still have to, you don't know what the kids are going through and what they're feeling. It's other things outside that, you know, sometimes your kids don't want to talk to you about or have troubles coming to you about. So I let him stay home because I feel like mental health is important. I mean, even goes to like as adults, we go to work every day. I have to sit here. I deal with my kids and other stuff as an adult, as a single mother on top of that, doing everything on my own, raising my kids, financially, everything. And then I still have to show up for work. You know, sometimes I hell I want to stay home and have a mental you know, health day. So it's just mm-hmm. a lot. So it's like I have to put myself in their shoes and be like, yeah, I get it. It's a lot. And then with him being the oldest as well, you know what I'm saying? Just a lot of responsibility. Um, he's 16. He'll be a, a grown man in two years. So just having all of that kind of like, oh, I, you know, having to show up and having this huge responsibility of getting the good grades, you know, making sure you graduate. It's just a lot, you know. So I get it and I understand. So, of course, I'm like, yes, you can stay home. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like just us parents kind of just not being so hard on our kids, being very understanding and kind of looking at things from their perspective and don't jump to conclusions, being very communicative with your kids, um, Mm -hmm. keeping that line of communication open, being very transparent with them. Like, I keep it real with my kids. I don't sugarcoat nothing because... I mean, I'd rather them know what what it is than go out here in the world and find out the hard way. So I'm very transparent with them. I hold my tongue. I don't hold my tongue at all. So I definitely keep the lines of communication open. Um, and then another thing, that's, like I said, as far as um, the childhood stuff, is just like, you know, when, you know, parents, you still got a lot of people. So like when you're dating, a lot of women, they run through men. They have all different types of men around their children. And then especially like if you have uh, girls or even boys, you know, they see that and then they can emulate that as they get older. And so you don't want to just bring anybody around your kids. You definitely want to make sure your home and your bubble with your family or your kids Mm -hmm. is a safe space. Um, And then it's too much like craziness. You don't you know, some people will bring people around their kids. They don't even really know them. And it's like, you don't know like what this person's able to love. They could be a pedophile. You you don't know. So you have to be very cautious because you never know what can happen. They can be looking at your daughter some type of way or looking at whatever, your son, whatever the case may be. 
So you can't just bring everybody around your kids. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to kind of, it's kind of tricky. You got to really kind of pinpoint when it's the best time, but you will know. But I just don't feel like it's, it's smart to bring everybody around your kids. Um, and with the dating and jumping in and out of relationships, so that affects them as well. Um, having to see all these different men or if it's a, a man, different women and things like that. Um, you know, sometimes you got to just keep some stuff out in the streets and, you know, let it be there and let it stay there. Um, you know, I pretty much have been single since I stopped dealing with their dad. And it's probably like one person that I've grown around my kids since, you know, since that. And that's been like over 10 years. So it's like, I don't, I don't play that. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do, it's there and that's that. Um, even though I didn't really see that in my mom, because of course she got married to my stepdad, it's still, I understand the dynamic. Um, and the uncomfortability, and just it's just too, you know. You, I, I put my kids first, um, and that's what I'm really big on. Because, like I said, when I was younger, I didn't feel heard. I was not put first. I felt abandoned. I felt rejected by both parents. Um, I felt very isolated. I felt on my own, and I never want my kids to feel that way. So, if my kids feel some type of way and they tell me, I'm listening with both ears. It's not going in one ear and not the other. So it's just a lot of different dynamics and different things us as parents. And I'm glad that I'm not repeating cycles and I'm glad that it's ended with me and I'm not allowing the things that I endured as a child to continue um, as an adult and my kids go through it too. So I'm glad of that. And um, so, yeah, like it's just so much. It's just different dynamics. Mental health is definitely important. Um, definitely pay attention to your kids, the friendships that they're forming, um, to their, if they're acting out, make sure, you know, take a look. Hey, are they acting out because you're not giving them the attention? You know, are they connecting to these, you know, negative attachments with these people and trauma bonding with them because you're not giving them what they need? Like, you definitely got to be aware. And it's like, it's really hard on parents because, like, we have to be so much to our children, but we also have to make sure that we are being what we need to be to ourselves because we can't pour from an empty cup. You know, we have to continuously be self-sufficient and, you know what I'm saying, we have, like, we have times where we break down, we cry, and we feel abandoned or rejected or alone, but we can't, like, really let them see that because we have to be strong, and especially for single parents, you know, we can't, like, we can't skip a beat. Like, we got to make it work, and sometimes it does get tough, um, but you know, I'm just grateful that I'm blessed and God has provided me with the things and the people necessary to just make what I need, you know, do what I need to do and take care of my kids and give them a life that I never, you know, had as a child. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, definitely. All right. Well, <laughs> I want to start off by saying kudos to y'all for breaking those generational curses. Appreciate you. I'm going to say thank you for your kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, now, I want to talk about, because I'm not a mother, um, but I think because I don't have children yet, I still have that child's perspective. So what I've learned, because I am an adult, I see that it is a, a perspective. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple of stories, you know what I'm saying? A couple of examples of why those things, you know what I'm saying, tend to happen. It's all about mindset. Most of our parents see us as slaves. 
when we have most, most, especially in our community, most of us don't have children because we want to have children. We have children because we done had sex and the babies done came. Or we got married, so we have to have sex, so the babies came. So when you don't have it, when you don't have it in your mind, I always say this, when it comes down to children, if and there's always exceptions to the rules, but if you don't have a child based off wanting to have a child and wanting to do that, there's always going to be something where you feel like you're lacking because you now have to give up your whole life to take care of that child. You have to give up your dreams, your aspirations, whatever it is that you thought you was going to do. You have to now worry about this human being. And it is solely you and sometimes solely your responsibility. So in that, it gives you a level of resentment. They don't mean it, but we're human. So it's like, all right, well, I got to take care of you. I got to feed you. I got to do this and that. So, you know, now I need you to do this and that. So you got to go to school. You know what I'm saying? And you're not thinking about their needs. You're not looking at them as people. We're looking at as things that we have to take care of and an obligation for us. And it's not to say that, you know, y'all don't love y'all kids. But, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of how your parents taught you. My grandmother had seven children. And I know she loved every one of her kids. But after three, mentally and emotionally, she was done because she was in an abusive marriage that she was, didn't want to be in, but her religion and the community that she was in made her feel like she had to do that. You know, her my grandpa was up in the woods doing a thing, had my aunt Tracy, you know what I'm saying? They kind of got away with her, but then they kept out being in them woods. That's another thing, education. A lot of people, two generations up, there was no contraceptives, there wasn't condoms, you know what I'm saying? And if you were religious, and you're married, you are not supposed to deny your husband. So whenever he wants some of that thing, you have to give it to him, whether you're in the mood or not. That's how my grandmother moved. And that's how a lot of people, especially down here in the South, think. So this is why you have these women that had seven and 15 children. They love them, but they didn't understand that if you have sex after the nine months, your body is still in baby mode. So now you can have children again. So this is why children are nine months apart and things of that nature. That has to be stressful to have to raise seven children, 15 children with the bare minimum. That's seven to 15 different personalities that you have to deal with. And all of them got their own wants, dreams, mm -hmm. needs, you know what I'm saying? Aspirations in life. How, you know what I'm saying? That's a hard thing with lack of education lack of resources. So we didn't have the luxury of, you know, tending to each one, you know what I'm saying, individually. It's not their fault. That's just the way it was. So this is why that was been passed on. Now, me personally, my mom was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Even with my abandonment issues, because I was the only child in the first nine years of my life, she gave me all of that attention. You know, all the stuff that she was looking for, Quita and, and Misha, my mom gave me that the first nine years of my life. Because in her mind, I was her savior. I was the love that she wasn't getting from her parents. But then once she got with a man and she realized that's a different type of love, you know what I'm saying, that she was lacking, and that's when the abandonment came in. Again, she didn't mean to do that in her mind. She felt like she was doing everything possible for me. Roof over my head, food, you know what I'm saying, uh, 
best things in life, you know, every anything I wanted, you know what I'm saying, I got. Now that started to split up with the other children. Now you're saying add another people into the situation. You know, she had um, her husband had two other had two other women that he was dealing with in some form of fashion and they had children. So in my mom's mind, you're good, Tamara. I didn't give you all attention. You good. They're the ones who need it. So now she brought in three other, no, four other children issues, aspirations, thought process, personalities and mix that all in with me. And she's thinking I'm good and they need, you know, what I'm saying her attention when I needed her attention. And then even though she broke some of those generational curses, she didn't realize just how much like her father she was. My grandfather was you do as I say and not as I do. Because after my grandmother left, he had these children. After he done made her leave, he still had these seven kids that he had to take care of. So when you was in his house, you had to do what he said, period. See what I'm saying? So when that's drilled in your mind, I don't care how good of a person you are, what you got going on, that trains you. So a lot of her and I, our dis disputes was me telling her how wrong that was. How you can't say, you can't do something that is clearly wrong. And I'm telling you it's wrong, but it has to be right because you're my mother. Right. Simply because you gave birth to me, that makes you right. That's that slave mentality. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Touching on as far as children wanted that attention. I'm going to tell this story in hopes that this individual listens to it and hears me. I have a cousin. When I first lost my arm, um, his mother and his siblings came to help out with me. He was he felt very abandoned because our family feels like either the baby of the family is the most important because you're the baby. And that's what he was taught. So his baby brother got most of the attention, you know what I'm saying, but um, between the two. And that bothered him and it bothers him to this day. So when I lost my arm, he was uh, in the house one day around with something of mine and I scolded him about it. And when I told his mom, his mom immediately went to his defense and her thing was, I'm tired of people talking about how bad my kids are. I'm tired of people tell saying things about my children, not let me do something about their behavior because it's my fault and I'm the one who taught them that. Mm -hmm. I'm just tired of y'all telling me, you know what I'm saying, that I'm a bad parent. That's what she was saying. She didn't know that's what she was saying, but that's what she was saying. Mm -hmm. So my cousin latched on to that. And his mind is, oh, this is how I'm going to get my the attention from my mother. So you know what he started doing? Fucking with all my shit. All in my stuff, losing it, breaking it, doing whatever he could because he knew that was going to piss me off. But that was going to get his mom to give him some attention. And to this day, that that situation has molded our relationship. To this day, he doesn't think that I truly love him inside. Because he's basing that off of him trying, acting out, trying to get love you know what I'm saying, from his mother. Mm -hmm. So yes, when your children act out, it is absolutely for something. Please don't let people tell you that you just got bad kids, that that whole mindset of having bad kids, that, that that's what's messing it up. Kids aren't bad at all. You know what I'm saying? They're sponges. They absorb everything that's around them. And more than likely, you're the only thing that's around them. So if your kids are bad, that 
technically makes you bad. You see what I'm saying? So we have to do better. You have to, like you said, if your child came, your, your son came to you and said that he didn't want to go to school. That was dope of you, you know what I'm saying, to think, you know what I'm saying, maybe I need to check his mental health. Maybe he, you know, was too much. Because that wasn't accepted when I was mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. It didn't matter what I had going on. My ass exactly. had to go to school. Okay? Exactly. Bye, okay. Bye. Bye. There's no yeah. There was no, there was no none of that. And I even yeah. had a time when I was in the sixth grade where I called, I did, I tried to do the same thing because I was a goody two shoes growing up. I did everything. You know what I'm saying? I got good grades. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I was bubbly. It seemed like I wouldn't get any attention. It was the kids that were acting up and, and doing all the wrong things. They knew all the teachers. They knew them name by heart. They were smiling and giggling with them in the hallways and stuff. So I'm like, so what am I being good for? So one day I decided to act out in school. I got into a fight with some girls. Just, just wilding out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to get attention because my mom now was focused on a man, four children, and the two women that surrounded that situation. On top of maintaining herself so she ain't got to go back home because that wasn't an option. Going back, going back to going back to her father's house was not an option. You know what I'm saying? So she didn't realize that that was going on. I had to do a little therapy session in there. I, I tried to move in with my grandma, so I was definitely crying out for that attention. And at the time, she didn't realize that. And that was based on because she and herself, you know, dealt with her childhood traumas, her mother um, literally abandoning her. Not just, you know, giving other people attention. My grandmother did and left her kids with an abused husband. He was sexually and emotionally and physically abusing her kids and she left them there. See what I'm saying? So you got, as parents, we have to truly understand and not forget because we tend to forget or suppressed what goes on with us. And that's how we start trinkling it onto our children. And it starts, yeah. thinking, well, I survived this. It was worse. Something my mom said all the time, y'all kids got a maid. You know what I'm saying? When I was growing up, we had to wash floors with, with toothbrushes. And you know what I'm saying? My Our mother used to just launch stuff at us. You know what I'm saying? When she And I would try to let her know, I feel you, but mommy, that was bad. Grandma had no yeah. business doing that. Grandpa had no business doing that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to take nothing from you, but that doesn't justify you mildly traumatizing me because they extremely traumatized you. You see what I'm saying? So from the kid's perspective, you know, your children want nothing more than to be you and to make you proud. I don't care what they say. Actually, I don't care what you do to them. I got cousins right now, you know what I'm saying? Their moms were not the best growing up, but that's their mama. It don't matter. Bite you to the teeth, cuss you out. Because that's still their mother. That's still their earth. That is still the reason why they exist. So your children love you. You know what I mean? They just want to make you proud. But you got to help them do that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we just got to go through that healing and back to the whole accountability. You know what I'm saying? 
understanding like, yes, this happened to me. This is why I feel this way. This is why I think that way. I didn't like it. So let me do something different. My mom definitely did that in a lot of ways. There's definitely certain things that my mom did not do, which is why I kind of don't connect with my other family. Because my mom did not abuse me in a lot of ways. She did not verbally or really emotionally abuse me. She always lifted me up. That's where a lot of my confidence, even within my insecurities, came from. You know what I'm saying? I did know that I was loved. You know what I'm saying? I did know that I was, you know, intelligent and I can do it. I can do anything that I want. So she did instill, you know, those things in me. But for what she didn't do, I had to realize, you know, my mom was a 19-year-old girl when she had me. She was still a child. She was still a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with abuse. And then, again, to be solely responsible for another human being because my dad was not in a picture and she didn't pick the right person to have a baby by either because he has mental issues. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about, you know what I'm saying, mental health. My dad, my whole side of my dad's family is mint, got mental issues real bad. So we just got to do, we just got to do better. We got to break these cycles. It's not about beating up on yourself. It's not about just, you know, trying to blame you, you know, how you destroyed my life. It's just truly seeing the root of the problem so you can fix it. You know, we mm -hmm. can't be patch jobbing this stuff no more, brushing it under the rug. We really just got to right. what it is. So, you know what I'm saying? So you don't have to, so your kids don't got to deal with that. Because it's, uh, it's, uh, detrimental i'm watching it happen right now with every single one of my little brothers as well in my personal life um the after effects of a parent not willing to admit to the trauma that they cause their children and then their children trying to heal on that without the acknowledgement and feeling like their parents even care to yeah. acknowledge it you know um uh i got a little brother that sheesh y'all I'm watching my baby brothers right now and I'm thankful that I was able, you know, I almost committed suicide off the bat of me and my mom's relationship because, you know, um, by the time I told her that I was sexually molested for six years, um, it was because I was freshly pregnant as a teenager and hormonal and we were in an argument. And, you know, um, a few years later, she threw that up in my face and was like, let me get in an argument. She pulled her new, her, her husband now back and said, let me get him before you lie on him too. And so um, within me, that created a thing of, to where I don't, I don't talk to my mom about nothing. I didn't even tell my mom when I got married right away. Um, and it stems from a, over the last year, she's acknowledged that she didn't handle me the best way. She's apologized for all of the responsibility and the lack of love that she gave me. And I understand that she had, she didn't have that love from her mother because my grandmother was on drugs and stuff. So my mom was in a group home most of her teenage years. Um, and so like, I see how, you know, important it is that you be willing to take accountability because um, you don't know what your children are going through. You do not know what they're going through because of their actions, especially if they don't feel comfortable telling you about it or talking to you about it. Um, and like I said, I'm just watching my little brothers just move to this, this world so lost right now because we were thrown out of the nest without the guidance and the information on how to fly in this world. And, you know, uh, thankfully nobody has just smacked dead. Yeah, we all still fighting, but, you know, my babies are out there trying to fly with a broken wing 
and you know all this stuff that they and that i'm watching my mom because that's my brothers are like my children to me because like when we went through foster care like i was mom at that point you know like whenever they needed anything shit, whenever my mom needed anything like i'm the one that comes through and provides that you know uh but spirit has put me god has put me at a place where i my hands are tied with every single one of my siblings as well as my mom's situation like i physically financially emotionally cannot do anything for them but send them my love and light and prayers through their journey you know and and talk to them and guide them but i know that all my mom would have to do is just acknowledge their pain and acknowledge you know that some of her actions was the cause of that pain and apologize for that for them for their path to be completely you know cleared out for them or for that to be a major healing Tell them, you know, just apologize, just yeah, yeah, just because to take it back, but you can acknowledge that you did that. But at the same time, also, and the other aspect, you as the victim can't stay a victim forever, that's you okay. know, because I'm also preaching that to my brothers. That was the only way that I was able to get past it to where I have a I feel like it's a healthy un- detachment from my mother. But it's more so, you know, it's not that I don't love her because I do, like you said, she's my mother. But at the same time, I keep a distance well enough to where her actions and stuff now, as well as understanding that even though she's physically brought me into this world on a spiritual realm, she may not be my mother mo- most likely. <laughs> you know, like, no, 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 I, absolutely. I, I might be her mom. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, um, being able to like just look at it at all aspects when you have been the one traumatized by your parents and making sure that you are setting yourself up in a position where you can heal with or without their apology and acknowledgement because you know like i said that's what i've been preaching to my brothers the last year you know is don't don't wait for them to apologize like my little brother's dad that molested me for six years like i found him on facebook when I was starting through my spiritual journey, I found him on Facebook and just simply messaged him and told him I forgave him. And then I deleted the, I blocked it. But I know he knows who it was from, you know, and I didn't need him to acknowledge it. I just needed him to let, I just need to let him know that I wasn't losing sleep over the actions anymore, you know? And that if, um, I remember being in church and the pastor saying, you have to get to a point where if the person who hurt you was drowning, you would swim out and save him. And I, I now in real life, since then, I didn't experience somebody in a pool with me drowning and I tried to save them. And let me tell you, it don't work out like you think it's going to. I almost died myself. But, you know, yeah. if, I, if I didn't do it, it would be more because I knew I wasn't the one capable of doing it over because I wanted to see him die, you know. And so you have to get to that point where you can visualize the person that's hurt you in the, in your head. You can see them drowning. And then your soul feel like if, if it was within your power, you would go and save them. You know? That is so, truly letting go. That is truly um, forgiving. That's true forgiveness yeah. because people tend to think that, okay, just because you say I forgive and you don't deal with the person, if you still got a negative thought process about them, you know what I'm saying? If you are around them, if the only reason why you don't think about them is because you're not around them, you haven't really gotten over that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you say that you got to rock with them, you know what I'm saying, on a certain level and y'all be friends or, you know, rekindle and whatnot. But again, when you're over something, truly over something, 
and understanding mm -hmm. that they were sick themselves. Like if you're talking about in your situation um, with your molester, clearly that man was sick. Clearly, he still not. is. I'm watching. My mom dropped him off. My mom dropped my little brother off. My little brother's like 22, 23. Because she dropped him off to his house once before a few years ago, he got himself in a situation because of the environment he was in, and so uh, he can't really leave the state now. And he's been wanting to stay at my mom's and them help him, you know, get back into school and do things that like get a license and get a job and all this. And they won't do it. Instead, she takes him back to his house. So now my little brother's at a point where he won't sleep at night because his dad is on drugs and he's listening to his dad be his his woman still because he's beat every woman that he's been with. I'm pretty sure he's molested almost every child, if not my 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 baby brother too, you know. And so, like, as far as I've forgiven him, now it's like I I feel like I'd be forgiving my mom. And then it's like you have to, like, it's tough when you have siblings that you are the protector of, or you feel you're the protector of, and you feel like you're still just their siblings, so you can't be their savior and everything, you know. But then watching my mom supposed to be that savior for him and help him and guide him and her neglecting and rejecting him, you know, putting him back in that environment. Yeah. It's just like, you know, for me, I'm like, whew, that's why I have to, you know, still work on that i have to stay meditated right now because i'm going in the spiritual realm and i'm fighting for my brothers i'm fighting any family demons i feel we have literally as an angel like going in my energy trying to slash all the negative energy within my family but you know that's tiring and i don't think my mom realizes how tired i am doing her job you know even today you know like i don't think she realized she doesn't get an inkling of like how much energy I've poured into keeping my family afloat emotionally, financially, like spiritually. And so, you know, it's like, even as a healer, like I be thinking like, oh, okay, I didn't done it. I didn't got all the healing work out the way when it comes to my, you know, when it comes to my family and child dramas. And in reality, I'm just about to turn 29. You know, and I had a whole lot of years of trauma. Like, but so, you still young, honey. You still young. Exactly, yeah. and it's a it's a mission for me to ascend this life. Light and love is all that I crave. That's all I am. All I know. Even in my childhood, like I would go to school, and my parents would tell me, or the teachers would tell me. I remember a teacher stopping me in the hallway and saying, "You are the happiest child." You are the happiest child here. You are always smiling. You are always just so happy. I didn't have no friends. I was being bullied too, Quita, like every day, like little girls waiting outside the school for me till six o'clock and me hanging out with the teachers because I don't want to fight, you know? But it's like that emotion, you know, this is what I knew today. This was, I was preparing y'all. I've been preparing because I knew at some point, like, because all this is, you know, fresh right now to me. And it's like, I get to a hill point And then, like I said, I care for my siblings like they're my children. So when I start seeing their paths, you know, shaky and, and wavering, that affects me. And so with this change that's been going on over the last few weeks, I don't know what change is in y'all, but it's, it's like monumental, like energetically, spiritually, physically, like this is monumental change going on. And while I feel like I'm coming, I'm raising higher through this change, I'm seeing my little brothers and I'm like, oh crap, like, 
no, like, let me help you. How can I help you? And, you know, spirit is not letting me be there as I usually am. So that built up frustration and that talk, I knew talking about our parents and how their actions affect us today would pull it out of me. Mm-hmm. Those tears that I be, you know, not one to let, let go, out. Let them, let them flow. Yeah, so, I'm going to say this. Yeah. I, I'll say this to you. Every soul comes into this life as their own journey. As much as you love your siblings, it is not your job to save them. It's not your job to save your mother either. They all have their own path. They got to make their own decisions and everything that happens to everybody is for a reason. So your siblings are going through what they need to so they can build up whatever it is they need so they can be who they're supposed to be. You All you can do is send that Reiki. I'm going to start lying on you. Just keep sending them Reiki and and yourself. You know what I'm saying? Get yourself right. Mm-hmm. I thought that I thought I lost my, my my biological family. I thought that me and my cousins were never going to you know reconnect because the damage was t- too much done. You know what I'm saying because of our parents' thought process and all that. And now I realize I got two of my cousins listening to Dr. Umar Johnson. I said something very personal to my um to my cousin the other day in inbox, and I just knew he was gonna curse me out after I finished it. But instead, he told me, "You are a thousand percent right, and I'm gonna do better." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My cousins, you know what I'm saying, are really looking to be something, and everything that I'm doing right now, they're watching. I see that they're hearing. So I couldn't force them to like me. I couldn't force them to support me. I couldn't um force them to hear my side, see where I was coming from. All I can do is just be. I got to show them that I mean what I say and that I say what I mean. You know what I'm saying? That I'm about this life, that I'm really about change, that I really want to break these curses. And I'm not trying to just be, you know, um, combative or evil to their mothers. It It has nothing to do with that. It's just really changing the mindset of our family so we can be better. And they're starting to come along. You know what I'm saying? Every conversation I have with them makes me smile. I hope they're watching because if you do, y'all don't know how much that makes me smile. That's about to make me cry right now because I really thought that this was just going to be me and I was going to leave my legacy to my friends' kids and people around me. But now I see that I can really build this business with my with my family and we're going to use our hurt and our pain and we're going to turn that shit into triumph and really do something. Yes. So all you got to do is keep doing what you're doing and be your mm-hmm. best self. And you're mm-hmm. showing them the light. Mm-hmm. You got to show them. Yeah. yeah. You mm-hmm. definitely got to let that, that negativity go because when you hold on to it, it's like drinking poison and expecting the person that hurts you to die. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You got to let it go. And like you said, that's the, like, that peace that surpasses all understanding. It's nothing like it. It's nothing like going through some just fucked up stuff and then just getting on the other side and not holding that resentment or that hurt or that pain, not holding on to it, not letting it eat you up and just being a better person and just glowing and growing. And that that eats people up when you ain't even thinking about it. Like when you're still holding on to that and you letting stuff trigger you and something somebody said or they did and it still gets to you, that's how you know you have not healed from that. But when you can just be at peace and you can just be like, it is what it is and you just live in your life and you're not allowing that to hold you down or bog you down, it is nothing like that peace. 
it's just like mm-hmm. ascension on a whole nother level. And so, and like, like, like Sarah says, you can't hold on to that. You know, we all, of course, we want our family and the people that we grew up with, our siblings, our friends, we want them to prosper. We want the best for them because we love them. And when you are a healer, when you are very spiritual, um, it's hard to kind of see people you love go through stuff. But like you said, we all have our own journeys. We all have our own paths. And that's and you just got to put that love and that energy into yourself. And like you said, just keep doing what you need to be doing. Those who catch on, those who, you know, are with it, they'll follow other ones. You know, you know, everybody is all about time. You know, it's probably just not their time. You know what I'm saying? And they just got to go through their stuff. Um, you just no, got to let it. Right. You can't, you can't, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it could be not even necessarily their karma, not saying that they did anything wrong or anything like that, but it's just their life's journey. And who are no, we to step right. in and, you know, take away mm-hmm. or step in and try to be God and whatever? We're not. We can mm-hmm. only do what we can do. And, the, you know, when you realize that and you understand that, you'll be more at peace with the situation and just know well, that God got his hand on it. And however it's supposed to go, it's going to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most certainly. And that's really been the only way that I've been able to find peace mm-hmm. because I do understand that every soul has its own journey, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, because I, I, I did. I, I spoke until I was blue. And so, you know, there's really yeah. nothing that I can do. But like I said, send them love and light. It's just, uh, you know, those emotions, you still feel them. And you, you luckily, if you know how to transmute it, you transmute it, you know, because like that's what I've been doing, all this emotion that I've been feeling like. I've been suppressing it, but then once I realized it, I like I've had a couple crying sessions sessions over the last two weeks just because the uh, spirit completely just moved me away from my family altogether, like to where like now I'm in a whole nother state, you know. And so, Georgia, and so we transitioned into a little Georgia peach, and you know I've been uh, and that's what I've been having to do is you know every day I wake up and you know making decisions for myself. Like, you know, I'm kind of just like at a point where I'm like, I don't really know what it's like just to go to the grocery store and get what I want to eat, you know, like, or what I, you know, what I want to do. And like, what do I want to do today? I want to go hiking. So, you know, being able to like make those decisions. And like, I was watching this video um, for light workers and it was basically talking about how you have to be alone in your journey, you know? So while I had this like, grand idea of all of me and my family working together in business and stuff i feel like i i kind of stunted my growth especially the last two years because a lot of decisions i was making was being based on creating this family oriented business you know and so um like here in georgia georgia is where i came when i first started my spiritual journey this is where i like entered into like my dark night of the soul and this is uh and it's a blessing to have cycle back here and you know be in this fresh energy because uh like my boyfriend he his family is a healed indigenous family and so like his mom was like the mother his mom is the mother's mother like i was able to cook dinner for her a few nights ago you know and just get the bond with her because she just wanted to come and check on me and see how my moving was going and stuff so i've definitely been trying to transmute all this energy that i've been feeling with this change on and and recognizing that it's not my duty it's not my duty to carry the weight of my family I, all i can do is me that's all i can do and you know and 
be my best because then you know also through being my best i'll obtain the resources and stuff to be able to help them when they need it and i can do it so um i definitely agree that you can stunt people's growth and maybe i have become a handicap for all of my family like you know and i i didn't realize that but um you know yeah. just, you know it now you now you know transmute yeah once you know you have the power to change it so mm -hmm. you're doing great mm -hmm. like y'all y'all are my heroes i will continue to say that because i don't have my issues but it seems like everywhere i go i just see somebody you know that's worse i told y'all a story earlier i'm going to interview this man I, I found another amputee that just had this story that brought me to tears in 30 seconds you you'd have thought i had two arms like listening to the story I, I'm, I'm gonna save it you know what i'm saying for the interview but you just don't understand how people, everybody, somebody got it out there worse than you. I, mm -hmm. I promise you that. I, I promise yeah. you that. I don't care what it is you got going on. Somebody yeah. done felt that 10 times over. So you just got to be yeah. grateful, you know what I'm saying, for mm -hmm. surviving whatever it is that you went through and just don't repeat that cycle because mm -hmm. everything that happens to you affects you, but you have the power to um, choose on how. It can either motivate you and transmit mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying, into greatness, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And break you down, you know what I'm saying, and and, and repeat right. that, you know what I'm saying, that that nastiness. But that's your yeah. choice. That that is the one thing you have control over, and that's making the choice. And I wanna end on this. I just really feel like there's just been like a huge spiritual shift, like just on a huge platform across the board for so many people. Mm. Like, I have literally been feeling it. Like, you know, I literally have been, like you said, crying uncontrollably for no reason. Like, just getting these, like, downloads or these feelings or these emotions coming over me and just having to, like, cry all this stuff out and just feeling things that I've never felt. A lot of stuff has been kind of, like, bubbling back up to the surface, like things that, you know, or feelings or emotions or thoughts or something is coming up and I know it's all for a reason. I know I just feel like a spiritual shift, like things are, we're letting go of things and it's just like we're in that gray area where we're transmuting and we're coming into a whole new realm, spiritual realm and just who we are. And I know and that feeling all too well and it's just like, it's just been coming out of nowhere. And like you said, I've been feeling, like you said, Misha, I've been feeling that energy shift where things are like on the up now. You know, things were mm -hmm. kind of just like, you know, like first it was like lonely. Like, what is this? What's going on? What is these emotions? What is these feelings? And just really kind of like crying it all out. And now I'm starting to feel that energy shift and that ascension. And, you know, I'm feeling myself like vibrating higher and just in a better, you know, energy altogether. And I literally have been praying like to just really just have this peace. Like, I just need this, this peace to overcome me. So I don't, so no matter what happens, no matter who stays, no matter who goes, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, like I'm just good, I'm okay. Like I just wanna have that groundedness. Um, so I I really been feeling it. So, you know, That's I what feel it for you as well. Me three guys, yeah. I did a detox with my lungs and end up having a spiritual, you know what I'm saying? But you know, that's what Yeshua said. Yeshua said that we would be having, we, you would have to be willing to leave your family, your material stuff. Like you gotta be be emotionally detached from all of that. And I think that's what it was. Cause like this move was yeah. kind of like my, 
big okay i'm letting all of this go you know like this mm-hmm. is all and uh you ha- you can't feel guilty for your time when it's your time when it's your uptime like mm-hmm. you cannot feel yeah. guilty for that you know because like yeah. i think that's where a lot of my pain has been coming from is more of a guilt you know that i do feel good and i am happy and and it's like you can't feel bad for that you can't feel ashamed or have uh, guilt because god is blessing you in that time because you don't know how those blessings can help you raise and help elevate the people that you love that may need it you know and so yeah y'all this energy show has been it's been one for the books it's like it's definitely so, a whole new chapter definitely a dark night of the soul phoenix rising and all that good stuff y'all know yeah. i'm scripture so i'm i'm used to all that that that, that, that craziness, that change, you know? And what it really yeah. is, I feel like we're doing the 5D. We're going into the 5D. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ascension for me is like the ultimate goal. Like I want to leave a legacy and stuff, but at any time, whenever I, whenever my soul's ready to be raptured, you know, I'm like, Bye. I'm ready. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like I'm trying to be a part of this rapture, y'all. I'm not joking. Like, cause everybody's going to eventually end up on the 5D. Like you're going to have to ascend or dissipate. That's like the that's the message that I came back with the first time I, I went came to Atlanta and left. Like for all of my family and friends, I went there. I I came back there, y'all, on a mission to save them. So you right. Like that's how I know this last two years I kind of made the wrong move because my sole intentions was trying to save everybody in my in my in the media family. And you know, so like when I came back, I came back with this really stern message of elevate or dissipate. Elevate or dissipate. Elevate or dissipate. And you know, like I clearly understood what it meant, but it was like nobody else is trying to hear me out. Like, why ain't y'all elevating? I'm saying you got to dissipate. Like, and so that's what it is. Like, all of this healing, all of this talking that we're doing right now is for the sole purpose of you being able to move higher in your ascension process. You know, like, if you're triggered, we apologize. But at the same time, you got you're gonna have to be triggered. And if you can, you be the in control of your triggers. Sometimes, like I said, I'll go back and think about my childhood stuff just to make sure, you know, how you feel about this situation now. Oh, okay, you're not as angry. Okay, cool. Yeah, like I can need to do that. That is dope. yeah. We'll say that like, the universe man. comes to you anyway. So do that on your own. Yeah, that's how the universe <laughs> works for me. It give you that test. That, yeah. that everything and how the universe works with me, they deal with the people that I love. Because honestly, mm-hmm. I love everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm great and moving, but the people who move me are the people that I care about that I'm invested emotionally into. So I'll have a dream, a crazy dream about them, or <laughs> they'll just do something, or I'll think they did something or something mm-hmm. like that, and it'll just turn my whole world into a spin. And I and I used to go all out, do all this extra stuff, but now. During the detox, I didn't have that. I, this is what my test. I had a detox. I ain't been smoking my weed because I've been detoxing my lungs. So can't do that. That's a, you know, that kind of defeats the purpose. And that's my go-to. Right. I'm upset. That's my calmer downer. All right, let's think. A lot this past uh nine or ten days, today's day ten. I've had to think on my own. I have no crutches. Just simply, you've had to feel more. I just had to feel more and just understand those feelings. Mm-hmm. TMI guys, I was even on my cycle on top of that. So you're talking about hormonal changes, going along yeah. emotional, going along with going through withdrawal, going along with, <laughs> yeah, I, these 10 days has been crazy, but Ooh. 
I've elevated in so many ways. I have different perspectives on, you know what I'm saying, those very things that were holding me back. And the more that I do that, the more abundance comes to me, more of the things that I need to push forward and what I got going on is coming to me because I'm breaking down those barriers as though these are the things that have been holding me back, these feelings, these. So now that I'm getting rid of them, it's like I'm free. I'm free to download, you know, all the good stuff. I have to, you know what I'm saying? I have brain space for that. So you got to let life do what it do. Your ancestors, God, whoever you want to put it, got your back and is going to give you the lessons that you need. So you just got to mm-hmm. pay attention and, and try to pass, you know what I'm saying? Try to get these A's out here. Man, we ain't trying to fail the mission. No, we can't not fail the mission, y'all. We got because I I know dang well I didn't come back to this ghetto planet to, to fail the mission. Like we got to be loving life for these people. Like you yeah, know, and only way I got to go. Right. <laughs> That's a fact. Well, this was yeah, great. I really hope that you guys got some value. You know what I'm saying out of this. Of course, uh, remember you've been with what you've been through. Let's not um, let's not um. Uh, repeat these cycles. Understand, yeah. understand, forgive, love up on your parents, respect, forgive, love up on yourself. You know what I'm saying? And transfer all that love, forgiveness, forgiveness to your children. This is how we save, this is how we save our families. All right. So all right, ladies, show them what you got, Quita. Tell them where to find you now. Hey y'all. So y'all can find me here, of course, every Saturday at noon. Also, you can find me over on YouTube. I have a channel called Scorpio Sun where I do tarot readings. Um, and also I have a, okay, I thought it was raining or something. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> so, also, <laughs> so also I have another channel that I've just created not too long ago, um, a couple weeks ago called Queen of Be Tarot Talk. Um, on that channel, I'll be talking about of course, I'll still be doing my tarot readings, but I'm having conversations about relationships and just different aspects and things that goes on with relationships and dating, trauma bonding, um, you know, healing after heartbreak, just different types of things um, like that. So if you're interested in that, follow me over there. Um, also, you can follow me over on Facebook. I have a group called Scorpio Sun. I pop in from time to time and do live readings. So if you're interested and you want some questions answered, you can follow me over there. Um, and then also on um, Instagram at uh, realty underscore tarot. Um, so you can follow me over there as well. And also, if you are in the Lexington area, um, you can find me at the Clarion Hotel every first weekend of every month at the Mystical Market. Um, I have a booth set up there. You can come in, get a free reading from me, a personal face-to-face reading. So, yeah, you can find me. All right, all right. Get all that tarot goodness from Quita. All right, Miss Misha. Now you done moved, but tell them how to find you. Yo, you guys. So um, basically, yeah, I'm in the middle of redoing all of my websites because now I'm going to be online doing a lot of my Reiki healing work and stuff. And so that's all in transitions. But I'm on Facebook at Misha's Love Tribe. So I'm be sending some uh, Reiki videos and stuff out there just while I'm on this pause, and then I'm on TikTok at Celestial Reiki 333, and I do Reiki videos, post them up there. So if you want just a little bit of 60-second, three-minute Reiki healing, I got you, I got you. Um, And, yeah, really, you can find me here every Saturday with my sisters and uh, me and 
me and Queen Plump. Hopefully we're going to be getting some more interviews going and stuff. But yeah, I'm in the thick of this transition and stage. So give me a couple more episodes and then we'll have a lot more ways for you to see my face. All right, all right, all right. And of course, you guys, y'all know me, Plum Queen, on April 9th. Get excited on Roku. We are launching our um, streaming channel, Ampspire Media Network. All right. Yay. Yeah, I only got five fingers, old lady, <laughs> and all this good stuff. Oh, now, that's what you're going to see in the middle of your screen. <laughs> Just look for this logo on April 9th. You know what I'm saying? For the first six months, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be free to the public so you can get a taste of all of this inspiration. All right. We are definitely looking for content creators, podcasters, you know, anybody that has some great content that's inspiring, fun, and anything that helps people, you know what I'm saying, live a fulfilling life after adversity. We're looking for you. So definitely hit us up. And if you're a business that needs advertising on television, you know, we're stepping up our game now. No, you know, social media is popping, but we about to get on TV. So definitely hook the um, link up with me and we can definitely work that out. Of course, you have to always find us on Saturdays at noon, Soul Sister Therapy Childhood Trauma Podcast. You're definitely going to be able to catch us on our streaming channel as well. So you're going to get this, you're going to get this work, you're going to get this healing, you know what I'm saying, in more places than one. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night at 9 p.m. for Sundays with Spirit. Uh, me and my sister, our 33 Master Teacher, we have our little tarot situation as well. She's the intuitive reader and I am the conduit. You know, I'm the comedy as well as the education because I definitely use tarot to help me with my spiritual growth and to get me where I am today. So, spirituality you know, we have a lot of religious stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to bring spirituality um, to television. If you would like to find me, this is my business card, my name, my phone number, my email. If you go to my link tree, that is the best way to find me everywhere and anything that I have going on. And last but not least, we will be launching a Helping Hand Talk Therapy Services. I know a lot of people that need guidance, just need to vent, somebody to talk to, and just need a presence in their life. So I want to provide that service for you. So this will be launching in April as well. So please look out for it. And uh, yeah, guys, that's all we got. We love, love, love you and appreciate your time and your energy. And as always, be inspired, heal, you know what I'm saying, and be great. Yeah, love, love, love. Hey, C33 Master Teacher. Hey. Hey, girl. Peace, sister. <laughs>